0: gonna go too into depth about this this episode because it just happened um and we're planning to do you know something next week but uh massive uh artistic and cultural influence and uh inspiring artist chadwick boseman has passed away of uh colon cancer
1: really rough news
0: yeah uh i don't know exactly what to say i know i i was pretty aware of his influence but i've been learning a lot more as i'm seeing uh people posting a lot of things about him and uh yeah so we're going to we're we were going to take a take on a film to talk about next week of his that was uh a performance that we've heard is very very good which uh his portrayal of Thurgood Marshall in Marshall. So yeah, we're both going to watch that for next episode, uh, coming out on Wednesday and we'll have more to say about Chadwick and that movie specifically at that time. But, uh, yeah, we
1: talked about maybe making the whole, uh, early section of this episode, just talking about what we've seen of his and how it's impact impacted us as, filmmakers and just people, um, but it as of recording this, it's literally less than 24 hours. I feel like we both we both think that there's more we could expose ourselves to before diving in, and when we do, I think we want to be able to take a lot more time than just a couple minutes. So yeah, also with that the understanding
0: whole that uh, I think of a lot of the ways that he has uh, touched our culture is not... <laughs> Directly affecting to us as uh, two white dudes, um, yeah. The whole Black Panther movement, you know, like really big, uh, really big moment in cultural and cinematic history. But, uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, w- anything, uh, anything you want to talk about here, Gary? Anything you've been watching? Well, I did last night i
1: actually uh something that was like really nice to be able to lighten my heart a little and watch uh i checked out bill and ted 3 bill and ted face the music the new one right they're they're like yeah so yeah. i'm going to just briefly talk about this cuz this is awesome basically these guys uh these guys keanu reeves <laughs> <laughs> and alex winter uh basically were The stars of a couple cult classics from the 80s, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I was an excellent adventure kid. I didn't even know Bogus Journey was a thing until I was older, which is probably blasphemous to many. But (laughs) uh, they have been trying to get this movie made for like 12 years. Like they always wanted to make one more and they've been talking about it since they were kids. And they got together like literally like over 10 years ago and were like, let's figure this out. And nobody would do it, so they basically like resurrected the production company Orion. Uh, I don't know too much about this, so, but basically, they like were able to barely make this thing happen. And of course, when they do, movie theaters are probably the last place that you should yeah. be going. Yeah. And the production company was amazing enough to still release the movie and it's available on streaming sites so you can get it on amazon which for those who don't know that's a big deal because as soon as it's available on amazon prime you can bootleg it which is not (laughs) something i suggest you do i want you know you should be supporting filmmakers especially right now but Mm -hmm. they did that as a basically resurrected production company with no money hoping that people would have the heart to you know support wow. the movie and it was honestly just just like the first bill and ted it's just through and through good-hearted fun it's does that's it, it yeah
0: does it feel like uh old dudes trying to like <laughs> yes get it hip does and make okay and but it's like fantastic <laughs> and it's great okay it's it's okay. great yeah awesome <laughs> that's that's pretty everyone
1: well. in the movie kind of feels like that even the young people and it's great <laughs> yeah but uh yeah that could be something to check out if you know something just super lighthearted and in is inconsequential the right word yeah yeah because there is absolutely no stakes to watching a bill
0: and ted movie absolutely well i watched something you told me to watch uh lovecraft country is uh <sighs> wow um really really what do you even say about that
1: show You just have to watch it to understand
0: (laughs) and uh i only watched the first episode which is all i can speak to um i think you said that first episode is out for free somewhere yeah you can watch it on youtube actually
1: or you could at least last week i think you still can uh but the director or the showrunner i think was very adamant on making this a show available to everyone especially right now and went out yeah hbo went out of their way to make sure it's available so that first episode go watch it folks well
0: the uh, the creators of the show are jordan peele who has a pretty good reputation with horror at this point um and misha green who i had not heard of but she has been a writer on many many different pretty successful shows uh most notable one i saw was sons of anarchy but um This is very well written. Um, I did see some friends of mine posting recently that's like, uh, I don't want to see another story that has the black person's uh, antagonist be racism or like racist people. Like, it's a little bit reductive. And I, I get that. Absolutely. This is extremely effective though, because it's very, very high stakes, the way that it's written and the way that it's portrayed. And then at the end of this first episode, (laughs) you're like, oh, that's not the threat really at all. (laughs) There's a much, much bigger sort of thing going on here. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was very well done. I don't know where they go with it after that. Uh, I think you've watched the second episode, which is all that's out Right now, but this is also a fantastic opportunity to talk about Jonathan Majors, who's the yes. the main actor Thank in this. You oh and man, where oh did he come from? God, <laughs> he like okay. I've seen him in three things, and me too. I and am all three <laughs> blown away. I was already super on board with with this guy and his uh, performance abilities after watching the black the uh after watching the last Black Man in San Francisco. In which he plays a very distinct, very sort of mild mannered, but creative and just sort of beautiful character that was yeah. very distinct. And then I saw God. him in *The Five Bloods* and uh, <laughs> totally different, totally yeah, like modern. That relax. role made me go, "Oh, oh, what? he
1: is of uh, the versatility of, of that man."
0: And then, and this. now I'm seeing him in this, and it's complete, completely 1950s different. It's, like, oh, man, completely different. There's also something like, more about, mild-mannered, but, like, stoic and powerful, yes. but... Yeah, like, he's got, like, this
1: look on his face that just... God, I just want to be his friend, but, like, in a way that's, like, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> come <laughs> yeah. on. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, like... Yeah. Um, oh, and then... Not just him on
0: this show, but as uh, I forget her name. Are you talking about the character of Letty, the other the, the lead? Yes, woman? she's played by uh, Journey Smollett. 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 S M O L L E T T. I'm gonna say it's Smollett.
1: She is also fantastic. I'm not gonna oh, talk yeah. too much about the second episode because I don't want to spoil anything for you or anyone who might just want to check out this first one. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Oh my god! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! The show
0: stacked, and it even is stacked. Also, the the third sort of main character, as I'm seeing it now, after only the first episode of this like mm-hmm. trio of main characters, Uncle George, uh, played by Courtney B. Vance, who he uh, was incredible in the People vs. OJ that whole miniseries. Uh, did you see wow. that? Yeah, and he was incredible. That was one of those
1: like. Wait a second! Performances like I thought they just got the guy. You yeah. know what
0: I mean by that? Like Man. he was so and perfect this man's for that role. face emotes so much that that is so like personally like every single time he's like intimate with somebody. I remember there were moments in the people versus OJ too where he's like with his wife, and then there's him yeah. with his wife in this too. I just feel so like warm and like sweet and like like, taken care of by this man. And then when he is, like, in pain, like, after there's a fight going on inside and you see after, like, an argument and you see his face, oh, it just, like, breaks your heart. He just, oh, the performances are spectacular.
1: It's a great show to show you the differences between, like i don't know just like different types of acting like there's mm-hmm. good line reading but then there's that where a guy's face is good you know yeah and yeah uh i can't wait for you to watch the second episode we'll probably have to talk a little more about it next week if we have time um yeah. or the week after even uh but yeah. yeah for those listening check the show out it's really pop- i I guess it that first episode uh surpassed the numbers that uh
0: watchmen made oh really yeah like it's like hugely popular which is really cool that's great yeah i wanted to fit in one last little shout out uh in this intro um which i just stumbled upon a podcast that has just been started by um someone gary and i both know from high school um she did the choreography for all the for pretty much all of the shows that we did uh, you, you know, like uh, musicals and stuff like that. But she has gone on to be a fantastic performer. Her name is Emily Madigan, and her and Brie Graham have made this podcast called Mixed Messages, and it's about being mixed, uh, uh, uh mixed of mixed race in America right now, and sort of belonging uh, to two different. You know, or multiple different communities and sort of navigating that and also diving into historical contexts of people who've been uh, of mixed race. And it's very informative. It's very uh, open and good work of them to be doing, to be sharing with everybody. And I think it's extremely valuable and you should check it out. Um, But we have a podcast of our own to get to. Uh, And that podcast is called A New Lens. And it's the one you're listening to right now. Wow, would you look at that? (laughs) It's a project Gary and I started to talk about film and television we liked as kids through the new lens of adults, amateur filmmakers. Uh, Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Sometimes I add other things on, but not this time. Uh, We're at (laughs) the episode of Avatar as we go through episode by episode. Season 2, episode 3. And this is Return to Omashu. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: yeah, basically. So it's basically the liftoff from a cliffhanger uh, left over from the last episode. They found themselves getting to Omashu because Aang needs to learn earthbending from King Bumi and the Fire Nation has taken it. So yeah. we start with them... Uh, Finding a secret passage in which Sokka's like, yo, why didn't we take this before? And it's in the sewer, so that's why. Mm -hmm. Uh, They get in after going through a few purple pentapox, which we'll get (laughs) to. And um, basically, the episode is just about them meeting this Earth Kingdom resistance and convincing them to peacefully find a a way to get out of this situation rather than fighting their way out. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Azula... Zuko's sister, who we just met, is rounding up a couple of old friends to basically
0: go after the Avatar, right? Yeah. Because uh, he escapes from her early in the Actually, episode. I think she's gathering them to go after Zuko and Iroh. That's the, the original goal. That's right. And she just happens to yep.
1: come across the Avatar. Which is wild and I want to talk about, but yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, so she gathers a couple of her friends and... Aang and the gang figure out a little plan using those purple pentapox, like, basically making it look like they're sick, and they make the whole resistance of Earth Kingdom people look sick, and they all get out, but upon doing so, accidentally end up with a baby who belongs to the Fire Nation governor of this now-taken-over city, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at, because that's pretty much the whole episode, I would say right. Yeah, I mean you've got Boobie there's a, a, in. Uh, he comes you, in in the end. We learn with like a trade-off. Yeah.
0: involved with this baby. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, we'll get to all that. I think that's a good overview. Um, recap it's easy to ramble so for so those recaps. Sorry about it that. It really is. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, it. it, it uh, I've fallen into that too for sure. Um, I don't really have a opening shot statement for this one because it's basically just. Uh, The last shot you saw from the last episode. (laughs) Yep. Um, And again, kind of funny sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) just sometimes. Ah, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, Um, the Fire Nation again. What are the... Do you notice these, like, I don't even know how to describe them. They look like cranes or constructed, like, half bridges coming out towards the city. Do you know what I'm talking about? I kind of do.
1: So in my head, I think in the moment I was like, what is that? But in my head right now, I'm just imagining it as like aesthetic. But I think, is that just like how they're making it Fire Nation? They're just like adding, you know, they're like, they are construction vehicles that are like building. But it's metal. weird
0: because they don't come all the way to the city. They're like sticking out at it. So I'm one, It. I don't think they were there when they visited it land based oh, trebuchets? Oh, it, they could be Yeah. Some form a bi- of a, like bridges a built to get closer to, to it. To be able yeah. to use weapons like that. Yeah. That that's what it must be. I don't know. It I don't know. Yeah, it's the only thing that like I have a question about really in this episode is like what's going on there? And it's never really explicitly addressed, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at pictures of it right now and I can't even I can't even really tell what's going on there. It does look like they're made of metal, which is a huge aspect of this episode that I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've run into that before in Imprisoned when the earthbenders are brought to a metal encampment so they can't bend. Um and that factor gets brought in here again. But yeah, uh I like that Ang expresses like at this point, we need to get into the city and we need to find Boomy. And he clarifies that, like, this is no longer about finding an earthbending teacher. This is about finding my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, that just kind of struck me. Like, yeah, he's, like, whether or not his friend is now a 100 and however many years old, like, they're still it best does, friends. It's like, yeah, no, and it's easy to separate that because of that
1: age gap it's funny to think about but in reality yeah he's probably genuinely concerned and yeah but also he does kind of need an earthbender too it's yeah. like a little bit of both because if this is in my head I'm thinking like okay if they took over and even Sokka says something like we don't or maybe Katara says it and Sokka also joins in on the implication <laughs> about mate we don't even know if Bumi's there like we don't know if he's alive yeah. is basically yeah. what they're saying and that's not only like horrible, like yes, that's Aang's friend, but also like maybe his only chance that we know of now
0: at learning earthbending, which right. is the world is at stake too. They don't that, have any no. other personal connections to any exactly. earthbenders. Um they make their way into the city through the sewer. And I just noticed that, like, the sludge, question mark, that they're, like, yeah. going through, they colored it green just to be, like, it's you know, sludge. a it's nondescript not... gross sludge. <laughs> this is shit, though, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. They're calling <laughs> this is sewage. Earthbender poop. <laughs>
1: right? <laughs>
0: Earthbender poop. <laughs> now fire, firebender poop. <laughs> and <laughs> Aang is just, like, doing his, like, staff spin thing to uh you know blow it out of the way and the way the air currents make it go around like makes it go around katara who's right behind him as well but it's gonna come back down at some point and he just he just drenches sokka in
1: earthbender poop (laughs) i really like the uh i i don't know what the reference is because it's been referenced in so many things that i don't know the origin but the Mm -hmm. When he like when oh, uh, Saka yeah. like walks out of the tunnel like covering right. and he looks like a some kind of a creature. And it's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like such a distinct it's sort thing. Of Twilight like Twilight Zone. Like I haven't watched yeah. a whole lot of Twilight Zone either, but I feel like that. Is there like a movie about you know an alien attack? Like maybe uh, that movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still. I haven't seen yeah. that. That's like a Can classic be? sci-fi. Maybe when the guy walks out of the ship that is in the soundtrack because yeah. it's like as classic to me as like the
0: ee, 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 psycho music oh. you know what i mean <laughs> i i thought you were like <laughs> miming <laughs> wiping a window or something Oh, <laughs> but that was the stabbing coming down. <laughs> ee, 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 ee. <laughs> yeah. no, you're talking about a violin hit yeah 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 um no i feel you on that um the, the the sewers is a good way to introduce these pentapox, though. Uh, and I love that, you know, Sokka's trying to rip it off his face, and Aang just gives it a little scratch. <laughs> and, it's so and it weird. even makes a little, like, cute face, too. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's it like, eyes looks like all happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And it um, curls its tentacles up. So
1: I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Because I, I really like this episode in general. This is the worst like disguise it. of all time? Is that what you're going to say? I feel like this episode just feels a little bit like, okay. Yeah. The whole time. Like, uh, why didn't you tell yeah. us about this sewer before? I mean, it's got a lot of shit in it. And you're just like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> and like the whole like the pentapox thing working. and then, Yeah. But it's the thing that makes it work, which is why it's not bad i still like it the thing that makes it work is it's a kid show and it's mm. treated like one you know yeah. what i mean like with the humor and like and the, the way they're sty- like, like pentapox i'm pretty sure i've heard of that exactly yeah i love that and that's it makes
0: it all like and that they feel... wouldn't recognize like the although i suppose you know they're fire nation so like they wouldn't necessarily recognize the markings of a little creature that is native True. to this place. So, I don't know, it makes some sense, but
1: Yeah, no, like none of it is like come on, but yeah. all of it is just a little bit
0: okay. Azula getting the team together is fairly satisfying and the battle at yeah, the end I, is pretty satisfying.
1: No, I I noticed I didn't write very much down leading up to that point and then I wrote like a bunch down within a period of about 10 minutes of the show. Right on.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: um may let's talk about may yeah i think may is just a really dope character uh not just because she doesn't bend which is cool mm-hmm. i love characters that don't bend when they have like a skill like the Kyoshi warriors or saka simples that you know but mm-hmm. she i mean there's a moment later where you even notice she has like blades in her ankle that she like yeah. throws by kicking they're and
0: very she's always dope. bored <laughs> why does she have all these blades and arrows in her clothing she's all the ready. time always because... man <laughs> she's always ready <laughs> there's never a moment where she like preps for battle like this is literally just her day-to-day clothes that eventually azula shows up but like even before that she's just walking around the town ang reveals himself which was a moment where they're sending like a package down these this path which for some reason even though they have all these raised paths and all this intricate awesome systems for delivering stuff they've got one that goes right down into the walking path where may and like her guards are walking were they trying to take him out i don't know i thought that's oh is that what it is an attack oh interesting i didn't read it that way but that makes sense but ang interferes and i'm like what, why, why are you yeah, revealing this episode, yourself in that way Yeah, right this now.
1: episode kind of lays in on this idea that Aang really doesn't give a shit if you're Fire Nation. He just, in he general, is a good guy hurt. that wants... Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he, even if he looked down and saw the Fire Lord himself, probably would have done the same thing.
0: It is also reinforcement to this idea of, you know, acting or responding or doing nothing. Like, Aang is yeah. someone who acts. Or yeah, reacts. Wow. No, Aang is someone who responds. You You're know? very right, and that's I that's a good establishing. Of that. And of that. that's an exact, perfect, uh, perfect yeah. example. Something is happening. He sees people are going to get hurt. He doesn't analyze it any further than that. He responds. He wow, and it's a beautiful way rocks. to
1: show how doing nothing is doing something. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Yeah. Right. Wow. Cool. That just made that moment way cooler in my head than it was. <laughs> Then we get the other uh, new introduction, new character intro- introduction, which is Ty Lee. Yeah. Um, so, dude. Yeah. Did you notice that she has dark brown eyes?
1: Oh, no, I didn't. And I don't know. I didn't do any Googling about it. But isn't that like, isn't that an airbender thing? I think airbenders have gray eyes. Gray eyes. Okay. Yeah. So that's just, it's just maybe a little abnormal, but it's not like... yeah. Oh, is she from a different nation? She just, there's something about Ty Lee that really doesn't feel like Fire Nation. She really doesn't.
0: I always feel like she is. <laughs> Maybe like a positivity about anything or. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like her, like, whole, like,
1: feeling the like, universe and what path she should go on, having mm-hmm. an aura and all this stuff, it just right. makes me feel. She just feels very much more connected to the universe. Like Iroh is, you know? Yeah. And it's easy to think of it as, like, I don't know, uh, a way to make her, like, a fun character. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's it deepens her character, you know? Yeah. Because she's a Fire Nation woman who is independent on her own and thinks in a way that I've never seen anyone Fire Nation think before. And which... is doing something that has nothing to do with the war. Exactly. She's in a circus. And... I don't know, like, this is another example of the Fire Nation maybe having a little more, like, independence within their nation than other nations. Like, literally, the how we talked about the Water Tribe, you can't even learn how to waterbend if you're a woman, up until right. now, at least. Right. But, like, the Fire Nation, Ty Lee gets to do whatever the hell she wants, you know? It's She's also, awesome. like,
0: of a very, very high class. Like very uh, true. Azula, Azula mentions that they both went to the Royal Fire Academy for Girls. Which I think oh, is how yeah. all so three you know. of these uh, these women met. They're all rich, and yeah, they're all rich, and they all went to the same academy and became friends. Um, and I do, I've been doing this more, and uh, I find it really interesting. Um, just wanted to shout out the actors who voiced Ty Lee and May. I'll start with May, uh, who is voiced with Cricket Lee, who really doesn't have a whole lot of other things on her resume. She's done a bunch of voicing in video games, um, and that's pretty much it, Who, which also is true for the voice of Ty Lee, who's named uh, Olivia Hack. Uh, also done a bunch of video games, a couple television, and, uh, uh, television credits, one that I think you'll recognize. This is a show I never watched, but I don't know if this is a character or something that you'll recognize. She voiced Rhonda from Hey Arnold. Oh... Was that a character that hap- that, that uh, came up a lot in that show? Totally. Main
1: character. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like part of because Hey Arnold is about like three or four characters but in a class of 20. And mm. She's part of that class of 20. Right on. But
0: totally. That's so cool. So yeah that's that's uh, Tylee. Same voice. Olivia Hack. Um, but uh, yeah uh, Tylee is convinced to come with <laughs> with Azula but like Dude, why? When you think about she... it,
1: this is fucked up. Yeah, Azula, literally, I'm surprised. Like, does she not realize that? It, I think she just doesn't realize that Azula is the one doing all this stuff. How could but she how not, you not? She's, She's the, the only right one in the,
0: in the stadium. There's no audience. <laughs> There's literally. That's no what I'm talking. That's like another her. example
1: of this episode being a little bit just like, come on. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she basically. Azula basically manipulates her through like really bad shit. Like she has like the net below her on fire and she sends animals in there. Like even if it is a, out of like a, I don't know. Like, it's her job, so there are things that she would already encounter. Fuck
0: that. She is,
1: like, fully, like, manipulating her to, like, I don't know. Well, it's also, creepy in almost. In what way is
0: she manipulating her? Like, she's trying to say, like, I'm happy. Tylee is saying, like, I am happy doing this. I don't want to do other things. This is fulfilling to me in my life. And Azula comes in and is like, okay, but what if today I set this shit on fire and put you in a bunch of danger? Yeah, it's like. like why does that convince her to and I mean I, I the I, only
1: I think the only context that it makes sense is the one in which uh, she has no idea that Azula did this and that it's gonna be happening to her now for the future of
0: her circus career. I think the only thing that makes more sense and I like it better because it gives Ty Lee a little bit more agency and a little bit less like vapid inability to make it. The easiest A to B connection point <laughs> is that she's like, Oh, okay, Azula really wants me to help out with this and is going to continue threatening me and making my life hard if I don't agree.
1: Yeah, which kind of is it's solidified never solidified in her line later where she says, It's kind of solidified because she said, Uh, the universe called but azula called a little louder oh yeah you're right later on she She says like yeah the universe was because may's like i thought the universe was calling she's like the universe called but azula called a little louder and it but she says it in a positive way right but in reality i think she just decides to look at that like a positive even though it's really fucked up
0: i think yeah i think that's just a character trait which is interesting for sure
1: but uh so imagine imagine being the (laughs) earth kingdom general Who's like ready to face these Fire Nation dicks? And you turn to your king, King Boomy. What do we do? Yeah. Ah,
0: nothing. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, that poor bastard just it. had get to me like mad. Like me too, dude. Because this is one of those moments where Boomy is right, but really should have told people what's going on. <laughs> yeah, because if Aang and them hadn't showed up, think about it. This whole little group of uh, Earth Kingdom soldiers and even it seemed like members of the public were about to go to war with the Fire Nation right. troops taking over their city.
0: Mm-hmm. What was Boomy going to... It would have destroyed you know? the entire city and there wouldn't have even been anything left. Like,
1: And maybe a bunch of innocent lives would have yeah. been lost. I don't know. Like, if Bumi would have told him we should all do nothing, hmm. then I think... I don't know. But he's just like, I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> you know, it's
0: like, God damn yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love Momo <laughs> when he sees the berries and the whoop, quick zoom onto his face. <laughs> like, he's getting those berries. There's no doubt about it. And then you know? I love how he eats a bunch and <laughs> yeah, <like laughs> machine guns him around. Uh, then has a quick, like. I want to say battle, but it's not really a battle. Uh, it's quick, like, you know, skirmish with a baby, um, <laughs> where the baby's pulling his tail and everything. And we get a reintroduction, like a reminder of the, I don't know what to call them, like the railways, the kind the of ladders, the chutes that are used for, you know... Uh, the travel of goods and stuff in Omashu, which is incredible world-building and was established in the first season. And this is now reminding us of that and was used for, like, an action sequence or, you know, like, an adventure sequence in the first season and will be used for a great action sequence later on. And this is actually a good way to both move the plot forward um, but with the introduction of the baby, even though it is a little bit like, is this baby, uh, like... Indestructible, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like you, you want it to rack up tension, but it can't because you're watching a kids show and it's a baby, so right. you know it's going right. to live. But it yeah. still is very much like whoa, 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 and then it lands into a thing and it's fine, you know. And but even but yeah, like when they land, it lands on they the kind of hard. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he's just laughing. <laughs> uh Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then the baby makes its way to. Uh... To the encampment after they, you know, do the whole zombie thing. I don't have a whole lot to say about that. It's uh, it's cool. I mean, it's a good idea, but also, yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. We've already talked about it. But they make their way outside of the city. They're let out because plague! And uh, this baby is with them. And um, I love Katara being like, is this the face of a killer? And it cuts back to the Earth General's face. And yeah. he's like... He doesn't look... It's dark, you know? Yeah, He's he like... really... He looks like if you only understood. Yes.
1: That's like what his face is saying, yeah. you know? And it that moment for me makes this episode go from being like, no stakes, it's a kid's show, mm-hmm. to, oh, that's right, we're watching Avatar The Last Airbender, right. there's always stakes, mm-hmm. you know? Like, this kid is going to grow up in the Fire Nation if they can't end the war he will grow up to be a fire nation general and kill people mm-hmm. if they can end the war he's gonna grow up in a peaceful world yeah it's like this kid is why we're right. fighting you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's really interesting too uh. also uh i think we passed over it but i really love the moment when Aang finds flopsy yeah and the camera just goes to this wide shot and he's like yep yep and he just sits there and he's like
0: oh yeah <laughs> i guess that doesn't like, work on you and then he's like let's go and he races off. it works <laughs>
1: yeah in that moment too i even was like why didn't it work i don't know why yeah, yeah. like i've seen this episode before but for some reason the way
0: they like frame it with like the wide shot you really think he's about to lift off and fly yeah <laughs> um azula arrives only for the purpose of getting may which is crazy like may is part of that yeah, there's family a lot of who inhabits destiny,
1: destiny yeah in this episode everybody's paths that cross
0: cross at the perfect moment yep and they make the you know organize the trade for the baby for boomy which is honestly like pretty
1: big like yeah he is the king of he's this. the king
0: of omashu and like one of the most powerful earth benders i think in the world <laughs> like maybe the most yeah, yeah like for as far as they know it's a little bit a little <laughs> bit much but um i love she uh, azula says uh briefly we'll call this the city of new ozai which is pretty cool um yeah and it's doesn't that make you think about some cities
1: that we know of and like why is it named that and mm. what did they have to do to make that city a thing? Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Aang, like, for, he flies up. And at first, I mean, firstly, he's flying. <laughs> he, like, tries to grab his hat, like, that'll fix it. <laughs> <laughs> he's flying! He's airbending! And the, the the little piece of cloth around his head that's not even blocking all of his tattoos. It's just blocking the arrow part of it. Like, you can see the tattoo on the back of his head. This is clearly the avatar. This is clearly an airbender in airbender garb. <laughs> the little piece of cloth flies off, and Azula goes, <gasps> the avatar <laughs> it's like yeah dog yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i like the bringing back of the bison whistle at the beginning of mm. this like battle action sequence that's actually a thing that they found you know the origin of and continues to yeah be i
1: really love it when a show has something like that like in gravity falls with their grapple hook yeah and, like yeah, you know when the, when an item is not just there for one episode, it's like a thing that comes up. Mm-hmm. Ang
0: gets uh, this metal coffin, which is pretty dope. That boomies in, and they're sliding down. It's a pretty great action sequence. Like, yeah, I really like this. By. It's it's well animated. And there are stakes in this too. There are moments oh, yeah. where
1: they hit the side of like one of the shoots and it really feels like they hit the side of it it doesn't feel like they were supposed to mm-hmm. and then ang has to like re-establish them onto a new one and dude this is the moment for me where azula goes from all right so this is like the new bad guy or is she worse than zuka like what's going on to oh this is business yeah like she's shooting like saw blade blue flame right rings like things that we've never even seen before from a firebender and yeah. really
0: raises the stakes she only really used lightning in the previous battle there was one moment yeah. where she did like a blue one big blue flame blast but now we're seeing that that is like the color of her flame and for some reason it's like well i i guess it's It's not like for some reason, I guess it's traced to like, you know, when you're using a gas stove and you make it hotter and hotter or like a Bunsen burner, it becomes blue. So there is the implication that like her fire is hotter. (laughs) It's hotter than most firebenders flames, which is scary and well done. And I feel like even kids have a concept of that, you know?
1: Yeah. When I was a kid. I don't, I don't even know if that's why. It just was like, oh, shit, her fire is fucking blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, and she's really well prepared for this fight against Aang. Like, this mm-hmm. is the first time where Aang has used an air blast against someone. And they're just like, oh, here, I'm just going to put my hands together and dive through your air blast. Right. Yeah. Like, she's not even a little bit phased by his airbending. And that's really cool to me. Like, she... I like to think that her training with those two uh, twins involved learning how to uh, fight against any nation, not just the three that, or the other two that they knew were around, but even airbenders,
0: because who knows? Yeah. Uh, Ty Lee's, like, chi-blocking abilities. I'm pretty sure they'll name it as such later on. I don't think anybody says it explicitly here, Uh, and I'm pretty sure I've got that, the, the Titling, i think that's that right but yeah yeah and that um,
1: that's like exactly what's going on too even if right. they weren't to explicitly mm. say it's clear that mm-hmm. she they do it in such a cool way it reminds me of uh i don't know if you, we've referenced it on this show because there was in the jet episode the whole episode was kind of a reference to it the show mm-hmm. naruto yeah yeah um there's a character um or like a clan in naruto whose ability is basically being able to see like the many different pressure points on a person Hmm. and then within like one second they can hit like 64 pressure points yeah yeah and it's super dope but Hmm. this always reminds me of that because they they film it in the same way where she like runs up and then they zoom in on the hand hitting a spot and like even the way it's animated feels like you almost see the muscle give you know what i mean when she pokes it yeah it's so it freaks me out because then katara is genuinely, I think this is one of the most scared she's ever been. Just like yeah. realizing that this ability she she's had her whole handle. life is just gone. Mm-hmm. And we don't know, is this a thing permanently? What's right. happening? You know, we don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's scary, dude. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Sokka
0: oh. Sokka comes in to save the day there, though.
1: But right before that, we yeah. can't skip this. Dude, when Katara sh- shoots some water down with like her foot and just makes three boards come up she like uses oh, yeah. water to manipulate mm-hmm. the wood to block
0: yeah. that's those pretty i mean cool <laughs> that's a good moment yeah. <laughs> yeah dope moment uh and then another incredible bending moment boomy just bends earth with his chin with no like yeah. we've only ever seen they didn't like, cover my face stomping <laughs> into the earth to bend and like you need a physical connection to bend but like he just like, like lifts his chin, and can bend and do whatever he wants. Like they get to the bottom yeah, of this he's ramp, and great he great at it. Like they, and he lifts up and lands perfectly, facing him.
1: That moment makes me laugh every time. And then when it's he's done so talking, so funny to him, looking to me. He
0: flips himself up and just like lifts himself up the whole ramp. And he, he, he slides away, laughing maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> he's in complete control and i think that gives and he's nuts some i i mean apart from what he says which is very cool uh i was wondering if there were any like specific influences on the the jing options of fighting that they uh bring up the positive negative neutral and he's like well there's technically 85 but yes um that is an avatar world thing i'm not sure if it's referenced again oh, cool we'll have to look out for that but uh it's not it, it's not really influenced by anything in particular. I'm sure there's, you know, the notion of, like, uh, offensive, defensive, or neutral, you know, action mm-hmm. is not necessarily um, coming from a vacuum. But um, Bumi says, you know, I am in a position where I need to wait and, like, see how this, you know, fleshes itself out and wait for the moment that it's right to strike. Um, you need someone who waits and listens to teach you earthbending. Which uh, we'll just have to see how that manifests itself.
1: Yeah, we hope it does, don't uh, we? Uh, uh,
0: but yeah, I think that gives him some confidence that Bumi is con- in control of this situation. He's He knows what he's doing. He's not just surrendering for no reason. He assessed the situation, even as a crazy, crazy old king, crazy old fool. You know, he took the proper steps. If only he would have just let everyone know what was going on. Yeah. That's the only thing I wish he
1: would have yeah. done yeah i'm gonna do nothing right (laughs) uh so i just wanted to before we stop talking about her uh they utilize close-ups on characters faces a lot throughout this whole show hmm. and almost every time i go (laughs) you know what i mean like it'll close up on zuko being all pissed and i'm like classic zuko they somehow don't do that with azula when mm. they do a close-up of Azula's face, Ooh, I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, totally. And they do it a lot, and it's always effective. And I feel like yeah. most of
0: their close-ups, in my experience, have been effective. At least in the episodes oh, that we've like, like, talked about so far. The
1: dramatic ones are yeah. like with Iroh. And, yeah, like mm-hmm. now that I'm saying that, I'm like, ah. But there are just some times where it will do a close-up with that shh noise. <laughs> sure, yeah. But with Azula, every time, I'm just like, yeah. she
0: is oh, here to no. fuck shit up. yeah. We get this good final moment of the episode where Ang shows his, his colors again, brings this baby back. I want my baby back, it. baby back, Fire Nation. <laughs> <laughs> I want my Fire Nation baby back. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's, y- you got the, that uh, marimba, kalimba, what's, what's that? I think it is a kalimba. Thing. Kalimba. You got that... Uh, those tones, doo, 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 you got those coming in at the end of this episode, which always just bring about such. Yeah, that's evokes, like one of those things emotion where, like, the guy that edits the episodes for Avatar
1: is like, "Should I use it?" And then the guy mm-hmm. next to him is like use it and just pushes a button and he makes any episode just like
0: oh yeah they're gonna cry at that and they won't know why <laughs> he brought the baby back yeah fucker <laughs> <laughs> that scene would be completely different if it was underscored with bah, 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 bah. you know <laughs> but i will say with this baby
1: moment uh Thinking about it now with the context of our earlier talk about the baby and what it means to Mm -hmm. this episode and the future of their journey, Mm -hmm. Aang being the one to give the baby back Mm -hmm. almost feels like Aang is saying, I am going to save you. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's confident that this baby can be back. Like, uh, not to be like... Uh, in a real world setting but like you know i could see them being like we should raise this baby so it's not being raised in the fire nation yeah but like he understands that i think what's best for everyone is to
0: reunite this family
1: yeah and he knows that one day they they'll be part of a peaceful Mm -hmm. world hopefully you know Mm -hmm. yeah
0: it's a nice episode it's 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 nice you know it's i feel like there's other than the introduction of two very cool characters that, you know, will be part of the, mm-hmm. like, sort of secondary realm of this uh, cast in its entirety for the show, um, there's nothing that particularly stands out. I mean... It's development. Bo- yeah. You know? Boomy earthbending with his chin is pretty dope as well. I don't know. There, There's, like, cool things and good story development. It's just, like... Solid. You know, it's just, like, good. A solid... Yeah. It's yeah. It's nothing... It, it's not on my top ten list, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, because uh... Because
1: you can't have more than ten in that list. Right. You know? That's why. There gotta
0: be episodes like this. But we do have to mine this uh, episode for a good kid moment of the week. Kid moment of the week. Uh, it, it was I a good one I mean. for that,
1: I'd say. This was yeah. a really silly episode. Uh, you got one? I for me just boomy in general i think yeah. him sliding away laughing maniacally
0: might be it but i'm sure what do you got uh i just want to let you know you're wrong and you're going to agree with me <laughs> <laughs> when they're planning the zombie like pentapox plague thing and Sokka's is like you can't just rely on the looks you got to sell it and that old guy walks by and he's like yeah. oh and you think he's really just old and then you're like, oh, soccer, don't say it. And he's like, ah, see, he's selling it. And you're like, oh, that's funny, but like, ah. Uh. And then the old guy's like, years of practice. And it's like, ah, yeah. he was in on it. I love that yeah. moment so much. That is. Yeah, that's gotta be it, right? That's the kid moment of the week. Kid moment of the week goes to the old guy. Years of practice of uh, <laughs> trying to get people sympathy. Years of practice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I think that's pretty much all we've got to say on this one. I don't know if I have any, any post-show things. As always, you can check out Legendary 4 uh, Adventures, Space Vampires. It's our other Space Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Gary, you've got another podcast starting up. Yeah, I just started one with my friend Mitchell called Hotbox the Book Club. Uh,
1: we're going to just basically be reading books and talking about them, really laid back starting with
0: percy jackson series so if you like that series
1: consider diving back into it with us
0: right on man i know i'll be tuning in uh and thank you for tuning into this one uh, as always i'm calvin and i'm gary this has been a new lens Ooh, that was good <laughs> <laughs> eh <laughs>